Ugh, isn't Napa Valley just the best? Yeah, I agree. And my guest on today's show will certainly agree as well. His name is Chad Meyer. He's a Napa Valley native, a kid I've known for years, and now he has really carved out a niche for himself as an ultra-high-end wine procurer. What does that mean? Stay tuned. Just before we get to it, want to let you know that I would love for you to get some Judd's Hill wine. So as a special to you, and my thanks for being a Judd's Napa Valley Show listener, if you go to juddshill.com, have a look at what's available, find some wines, get some good stuff in your basket, and then on checkout, type in JNVS, stands for Judd's Napa Valley Show, JNVS in lowercase letters, you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. Not too shabby. That code will be good through at least October 2013. So get on that and find some nice wines for your holiday and fall celebrations. Of course, if you're a Judd's Hill Wine Club member, you get a better deal than that even. Hard to believe. If you're not a Judd's Hill Wine Club member, it's free to join. All the details are at juddshill.com, as is all of our visiting information. So as always, I invite you to come visit. Come say hi to me. I'd love to see you. I promise you a good time anytime you come to Judd's Hill. Oh, and did I mention a surprise appearance by one of our favorite dudes, Artie Party, as well as an interview with actress and ukulele star Heidi Swedberg? Yeah, this show's a bonanza. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, live from the 1440 KVON studio in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lord Bull, and here's your host, Judd Finglesack. Good morning, Lauren Mole. Top How- of the day, Judd. Top of the day, Lauren. How's things? They're going great. What's going on? What's the latest? You've always got an adventure to talk about. Oh, gosh. Nothing new except just like we talked about last week, the Boston Green Fest. That's the only thing I could come up with this week. <laughs> really? You are the man of the world. I mean, you sing for the uh, San Francisco Giants. You've sung for the Warriors. You've traveled to Boston. And last week, you just took it easy, hung out here in Napa Valley? Uh, yes. And when you're in Napa Valley, this is the Napa Valley show, after all, what is it that, um, you know, what do you like to do? What do you do with your time? Oh, well, uh, I'm a student at Napa Valley College. Yeah. Right. I do uh, plays in, in Sonoma, and I do public service announcements at the Sonoma radio station. Is that an ongoing thing? Do you have a regular spot at the Sonoma radio station, or you uh, just have to tune in? and uh, Just tune in at the top of every hour, and boom, you get me. There's Lauren. All right. Well, man, it's good to have you back. I'm glad you got a little more relaxing week with your um, hectic schedule that I know you keep up with your travels and personal appearances. Right. And I'm glad to have you here. Thanks, Judd. Thanks for being an integral part of Judd's Napa Valley Show. My pleasure. I'm I'm um, I'm honored, almost a little intimidated because uh, today, today <laughs> he's shaking his head. Um, Lauren, your your big boss is in the studio with us uh, right now. Would right. you like to give him an introduction? Sure, Judd. And now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, 
the star of the Napa show, Arnie Pudi! Hey, hey wait, wait, we're on radio this time. How you doing, Lauren? Hey, I'm doing good, Arnie. Judd, good morning, Judd. Orale, Artie. Orale. I know you love it when folks greet you with the orale. Especially white people, man. Orale. And, and I am that. <laughs> so whenever I see you, I want to give you a thrill. Right on. All right, folks. When you're on the street, you see Artie party, give him an orale. <laughs> All right. So, Artie, yes. you're the host of the Napa Show with Artie Party every yes, Wednesday night on Channel 28 right here in Napa. Great plug. Tune in. 6 to 7.30. 6 to 7.30 every Wednesday night. That's tomorrow? You got it. Okay. Who's, uh, who do you got coming up this week? Tomorrow night, I have a gentleman, the manager at Fresh and Easy. His name is Melvin Hardy. And yeah. uh, he is going to be on the show to promote. Uh, we're going to be giving away some uh, Thanksgiving dinners in November here for some needy people. Oh, wonderful. And so, you know, as being the manager of Fresh and Easy, he's got the okay to uh, to give away. So we're going to talk more about that tomorrow night. It's a great cause, you know, just helping out the community. And a and, and, uh, big shout-out to Melvin Hardy and Fresh and Easy for uh, hiring people who uh, have disabilities. So also that, too, work-related. That's, that's Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Good to hear. And today you've come in to talk about something near and dear to your heart. The Napa County Hispanic Network annual gala banquet is coming up. Exactly. I know I have about five minutes left, Judd, so, and I really appreciate your time. <laughs> I really do. So quick shout-out list first before I start. Quick shout-out to my wife, Sweet Pea, and my girls, Munchie and Maddie. Also, quick shout-out to Napa Valley Support Services, where I work. Uh, shout-out to uh, Jeannie. I know they're all listening right now. Jeannie, Kayla, uh, Laura, and Rick, and also Anya, okay? So I know they're listening right now, so shout-out to them, because without them, I wouldn't be here right now. And also, shout-out to Napa Valley TV and the Napa Show. So with that said, thank you, Judd, for your time. And uh, I'm here to promote the big event, Judd. It's uh, Napa County Hispanic Network. It's our 30th gala, annual gala. So... Uh, we're giving away 30 scholarships to uh, Latino youth here in Napa County. You Fantastic. Know, I'm a current board member with Napa County Hispanic Network for the last two, two, three years. And, uh, you know, I really believe in the cause, you know, and, and it's a great, great organization. We've been around since 1983. Uh, some of the founders were the great, the legendary Hope Lugo and Tala de Winter. So a lot of people out there in Radio Land recognize those two names. Yeah, they're locals the ones, here. Sure. They're the pretty ones that uh, started the, the, the event. So, uh, you know, shout out to Hope and, and to the late, great Tala de Winter. And uh, currently we have some, you know, outstanding board members, you know, the Latino so-called leaders of this valley, you know, we, like uh, Oscar Tijaro. He's at the Napa Valley College, class uh, graduate of mine, St. Lena High School. Alicia Jaramillo, Kathy Gillis, Maria Cisneros, just a few names to mention a few, some of the local Latino leaders who I am proud to be associated with. Anyway, getting back to our gala, Judd, it's going to be September 13th at the Chardonnay Golf Club. And it's going to be a great event, uh, 30, our 30th year. We're going to get giving away 30 scholarships for, for 30 outstanding students. And uh, I will be co-MC with the great Teresa Foster. So that's going to be another fun gig to do. You know? Yeah, so, man. So we're encouraging people to show up at the Chardonnay and support the cause or get online and check it out for tickets. Tickets are $85 a piece. It's a great cause. You can buy tables for a, you know, at, at, at a little higher rate. But uh, it's all for the kids, you know. Bottom right. line, it's all for the kids. You got to get these scholarships out somehow. And we we always have some. We always have great, great uh, support from the from the Napa County. Now you said show up at Chardonnay, but I'm assuming you don't really mean just show up because this is probably going to be a sellout. Folks should get online and get their tickets ahead of time. Absolutely. How do they do that? Absolutely, they can just get online Napa Valley Napa County Hispanic Network dot org and then check it out, and you can actually 
purchase your ticket online or, uh, you know, just take your chances at the door, you know. <laughs> but we will have silent auction, you know, uh, the great dinner. Um, then we're going to have DJ music, all, you know, all the regular stuff. All so, the good stuff. So it's at Chardonnay, September 13th. It's a Friday at 6 o'clock. Um, cocktails there before. So come on down, folks, and we encourage you to show up and uh, support the cause. You know, it's a great cause. Napa County Hispanic Network dot org org that's the important thing right there org check it out find out a little bit more about the napa county hispanic network come to the gala september 13th if you can't make it down then i'm sure there's plenty of information on the website to um to let you know how you can help somehow absolutely you're really good judge you know you're really good at what you do i just want you to know that Uh, well you know what i've i maybe i learned a little bit from you Artie. (laughs) having done your show years ago you inspired me to take this uh path in life well, and we, and this man we have sitting something next to you, exactly. We have Lauren, the great Lauren Mole. Everybody inspires me because Lauren is your in-studio announcer as well, and does a great job. He's been with me how long now? Since two thousand nine. Yep, you know he knows it. It's All a right, long time man. Right on. So Sticking I know with it. I know you're really busy, Chad. You know, I mean, I mean, Judd, uh, Chad's your guest, of course. But uh, Judd, I want to thank you so much for your time because I know you're a busy man. I don't want to take any more of your time. So thank you for the for the six minutes. <laughs> take my time, man. It's always a pleasure to have you in. I love love it when you come in. You add a little, uh, you know, a little. Uh, what do you call? What do the French call it? Joy de vie. Is that right, Vive? Something like that. Who's can you say French, that on the Chad? radio? Yeah. No, you, okay. Okay. Whatever. It's lively. I love it when you come in. Orale, right on. Yeah. George Lopez meets Johnny Carson. You right got here it, brother. Every Wednesday from. <laughs> 6 to 7.30. Six, right? Six In vivo. Live TV, baby. That's right. Channel 28 here That's in Napa right. Cable. That's tomorrow night. The Napa Show, which stands for the newest arty party adventure. You see our signs everywhere, man. That's right. Yeah. Tune in. <laughs> you going to hang out? You got to get back to work. I got to get back to work. Well, briefly, before you get back to work, tell folks what you do. I mean, this is pretty important, too. Napa Valley Support Services, folks, I am an employment specialist. We serve people with disabilities. We help them find jobs. So if there's any jobs out there, folks, give us a call. It's a great organization. I've been with this organization for 24 years now. I really believe it. I'm a strong advocate for people with disabilities, as you all know, and uh, we Together we make it work, and we help these great people uh, find employment, and we support them with job coaching. We do job club. It's just a great organization, folks. So if you have some, if you have any jobs out there, you please contact me, and we'll we'll bring you the workers. Okay. So Judd, thanks for that plug too, man. Yeah, man, you're welcome. No, I I dig what you do on air and off. You're a big part of this community, and I I thank you for that. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Right on. Have a great show. Party party. Thanks Orale. for coming in. Orale. Good to see you. That's it. All right, Artie. Thanks a lot. Thank you guys very much. So this weekend coming up, uh, one of my favorite events that happens here in Napa Valley, it's the Wine Country Ukulele Festival, or an ukulele festival. You know, we could have a fistfight about how to pronounce that word, but but let's not. Let's just, uh, let's just call that beautiful instrument from Hawaii with four strings. Anyway, the festival is coming up this weekend. It's going to be up in St. Helena. Of course, I'm excited. I am a... I'm going to say ukulele today. Uh, you know, I'm an avid ukulele player. Love that instrument. And I recently talked to someone who's, um, who's acting I've admired in films and TV shows like Hot Shots, Galaxy Quest, and probably most famously uh, from Seinfeld, where she played George's ill-fated fiancé, Susan. Uh, but now she, um, even with all that said, her coolness factor has skyrocketed in my book as she is a bright star in the world of ukulele artists. She performs solo and with her group. Her group's called Heidi Swedberg and the Suki Jump Band. And she will be a featured act this weekend up at the Uke Fest. So get, go see her. It's Heidi Swedberg.
And you know what? This is terrible. Due to some technical difficulties, <laughs> uh, apparently this interview is not playing. I had a chance to speak with her uh, yesterday. She's traveling today, uh, so couldn't make it into the studio. In comes Ben Webster, hopefully. I pushed some buttons. I don't know what's coming on. If you can get that going up there, we'll have that in a moment. So I was able to sit down with her and play it, and I think we're able to get it right now. So here's Heidi Swedberg and me speaking about ukuleles. So Heidi, you are going to be one of the featured performers at this year's Wine Country Ukulele Festival. And, you know, I've, I've read that you're, you're from Honolulu. Is this where you picked up the ukulele in the first place? I was born in Honolulu, and when I was a kid, we lived in Kailua, which mm-hmm. is just the other side of the island. And my first ukulele came to me from the Easter Bunny when I was about five. Oh, no kidding. Good Easter Bunny present. Good bunny. Yeah. yeah. It was rocking because I've got three older sisters, and we all woke up that morning and found uh, ukuleles for us. And it, it was it was a beautiful present because we all got to learn together. It was one of those things that people do in Hawaii. I, I, I think you can't leave fourth grade without learning C, F, and G7. <laughs> and once you have those, you can play any song ever written, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty darn much. Well, I was going to ask, did you, did you stick with it throughout your childhood and teen years and into adulthood, stuck, or is it something you picked up again later? Well, I stuck with CF and G7 oh, okay. for a good 20 years. <laughs> and then uh, I, was, uh, I was in Los Angeles uh, uh, working as an actor, and I had to audition for a, a TV pilot where they wanted a singer-songwriter, and they asked me if I played guitar. And I, being an actor, I said, yes. Of course I do. Of course I do. Exactly. And then I went, huh. So I I went down to McCabe's, which is a brilliant uh, instrument store with a performance space. It's been around for 50 years. Oh, I know it well. It's where I got my first real ukulele, and I still um, love the place for it and for having such a great selection. So I went down to McCabe's, and I bought the cheapest baritone ukulele they had, Mm -hmm. knowing that baritones are tuned like the top four strings of a guitar, and knowing that... TV producers, they're not very smart. They're just <laughs> producers. They want to know the difference. <laughs> and they didn't. <laughs> so, so wait, you came in with a baritone ukulele and said, okay, I'm here to audition as the guitar player? Yeah, I came in. I, I auditioned. I got, I'd read all the, all the stuff. And just for the last audition, it's called the Network Test. They asked me to bring in my guitar and play a song. So I took my CF and G7 chords mm-hmm. on a baritone is actually G, keep G rather than keep C. Right. And I pulled out a Lou Reed song. and Oh, cool. And I played a Lou Reed song and sang it for them, and they thought that was good enough. Well, did you get the part? Apparently, because I was doing the part. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Ukulele magic happening. <laughs> uh, and so is that what really got you into it? Because I know now you, you perform as a ukulele artist. You have uh, albums out. What got you going down that path? That's what started me back into it. I started taking lessons at McCabe's with John Zender, who was the, the luthier there. Oh, you know, I took up my very first ukulele lesson with him, too. What a small okay. world. How about that? <laughs> John was a beautiful soul. Yeah. I, I was just, I loved studying with him. So I, I took lessons from him on and off for at least 10 years until um, he, he passed away in 2005. Mm. And uh, I just 
loved studying with him. But as I, my life changed as, uh, as I moved along in those 10 years, I started having children. I just started, you know, dropping kids along, <laughs> knocking them out. And, um, you were just creating your own future band. Exactly. <laughs> I started listening to, to some really interesting new kids music artists, Elizabeth Mitchell, Dan Zanes, and hearing them play and sing in ways that were so engaging. And, and really, they did the kind of music that always made sense to me. Mm -hmm. And that rather than pop music, which I, I love pop, believe me. But uh, rather than pop music, they were more focused on on a lot of folk songs, but they weren't snappy. Yeah, you know, that's something I appreciate about, about uh, Dan Zanes in particular as well. And he, he's come through Napa before and even came by the winery. Um, that his music, it doesn't really pander to kids. It's just very appealing to kids and adults can enjoy it as well without thinking, you know, hey, I'm just listening to these, as you said, you know, sappy kids records. They're, they're very all-inclusive. Yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's something to be said for kids' music written for kids, playing mm -hmm. things which have to do with the issues that kids have and, and their own perspective. However, yeah. my personal taste in kids' music is not kids' music at all. It's it's actually music. There's really no reason why it can't be everything that every other genre of music is. It's frankly interesting, you hope. Well, that is Heidi Swedberg. And um, due to technical difficulties, which, you know, is code for I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, hello, Gil Lamar, my producer. Where are you when I need you? Um, the part where Heidi actually gets to talking about the Napa Valley or the Wine Country Ukulele Festival didn't make it onto this recording. Um, so my apologies, and let me fill in the details. The Wine Country Ukulele Festival is this weekend in St. Helena, Friday, September 6th. You can see Heidi, who we were just speaking to, uh, performing 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. up at the Farmer's Market in St. Helena in Crane Park. She will be performing. She'll also be doing some beginner's lessons starting at 10.30 in the morning. So get up to Crane Park in St. Helena, 10.30 a.m. or 10 a.m. and then lessons at 10.30. Bring a ukulele if you've got one. There might be some uh, other ones floating around there. You never know. Uh, from 6 to 9 p.m. up uh, in St. Helena on Friday at Velo Vino, there will be performances by some of the best ukulele stars going. There'll be Taco Bar by Azteca Market, uh, Cliff Family Wines by The Glass. That's $25.00. To get into that, if you go online or $35 at the door, I'm going to give you the website in just a moment, so go get a pencil. Saturday, this is a big day from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. There's everything. There's live music, workshops, ukulele building demonstrations, jam sessions, open mic, a, a flea market, you know, vendors. You can get all kinds of ukuleles and ukulele paraphernalia that is all happening at the upper valley campus of napa valley college in saint helena that's free to attend there is a fee for the workshops again that will be at the website which i'll give you in a moment that's from 10 a.m to 5 p.m on saturday then from 6 p.m to 9 p.m is the uh, ever popular last stage out of town that happens over at gott's roadside the old taylor's refresher in saint helena uh, six to nine there's uh, cold beer food corkage is only a buck if you bring a bottle of wine not bad. You can come, and that is just a big jam session with ukuleles. On Sunday is Kids Day from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. 
and that is back at the Up Valley campus of Napa Valley College. Let's see, that is, well, that's Heidi Swedberg, who we were just speaking to. She is back, and she will do a performance from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. This is super family-friendly, kid-oriented. Come on, bring the kids. Have tons of fun. It's all happening. I'm going to give you the website now. You can get this whole schedule, all the information at winecountryukefest.com. Wine Country, then U-K-E-F-E-S-T dot com. Winecountryukefest.com. That is going to be just an amazing amount of aloha coming this weekend to St. Helena. Heidi's music can be found at www.sukijumpmusic.com which is S-U-K-E-Y, jumpmusic.com. It can be found on Amazon, iTunes, and let's play a tune of hers. This is a tune called Cup of Tea from her album, My Cup of Tea. Cappuccino? No. Espresso? No. Macchiato? No. Cha, 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 cha. And that is Heidi Swedberg and the Suki Jump Band. You can see Heidi Swedberg this weekend at the Wine Country Ukulele Festival, which once again is www.winecountryukefest.com. We are going to take a break, and then, yes, we actually have a featured guest today on Judd's Napa Valley Show, a man of mystery who we will introduce right after these words. And now... Back to Napa Valley's ambassador of good times, fine wines, and lame rhymes, Chad Bickleson. Thank you, Lauren Mole, for that fabulous reintroduction. Uh, we have a featured guest today. Would you like to introduce this young man? Sure, Judd. A first-class dude. There is none higher. Rare and fine wines for you, he'll acquire. 
of this radio station, he might be a buyer. To our humble show, let's welcome Chad Meyer. Hey, Chad Meyer. Good How's morning, too. How's it going? It's great. It's good to see you. A pleasure to be here with both of you today. Yeah, well, it's great to have you here. You know, you're, you're chipper, you're smiling, and I like that line of this radio station, he might be a buyer. And I just recalled when there were rumors going around that the, this place might be for sale. Um, well, it wasn't rumors. It was something in the paper about it. You kind of hatched this plan, and you said, you know, we should buy this. And you had this whole fantasy of what kind of format we could have and the fun it would be to... Um, have a radio station. Very romantic notion. I'm sure there's a lot more behind the scenes we wouldn't want to get involved in. But uh, but what kind of format would you see this as here in KVON? Uh, 24-hour Borscht Belt comedy? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, a joke a second. <laughs> no, I. You know, it's it's such a it's such a great medium, and and you know, really, so much is going on in the internet. You know, these days that has displaced a little bit of the the classic. You know, great. We were just talking about Don LaFontaine and some of the kind of you know classic uh, voices in in uh, radio and movies. And uh, I think we've lost a little bit of that. It would be great to uh, kind of dream up a way to uh, to uh, reinvent that a little bit, especially right here in the Napa Valley. Um, and and frankly, with exposure to so many guests that that are up here and uh, and visiting from out of town, it's it it would be an interesting and great opportunity to. Uh, um, to come up with something fun that that uh, you know may reboot the the whole concept of uh, of old school media. Yeah, well, I mean, you are a creative dude. There's no shortage of creative folks here in the valley. So, you know, put our heads together. I think we've uh, got something going with this show, and maybe we'll expand. We'll look out, radio listening audience <laughs> of out. Napa Valley. <laughs> um, but uh, even before we get to why I brought you here today. I've got to mention the shirt that you're wearing right now. And this is a weird... The universe has brought us to the same plane here today, Chad. (laughs) You are wearing a Langer's t-shirt. This is a famous old delicatessen in MacArthur Park, Los Angeles, famous for their pastrami. I am wearing a Katz's Deli t-shirt, an old (laughs) delicatessen in the Lower East Side of New York City, famous for their pastrami. And for those who are, you know, pastramiophiles and foodies, these are the two biggies. These are the two. This is like the East Coast, West Coast, you know, pastrami war. uh, Who's better, Langer's pastrami? And it's so funny that we're both wearing these. I know you're a big pastrami (laughs) fan. As am I, but the fact that we're both... This is great. Uh, folks, if you're listening... Um, well, I hope you're listening. If you're send listening, us a Reuben sandwich. Send us a Reuben sandwich right now. Send us your favorite pastrami story to Producer at gmail.com, and my producer, Gil Lamar, will uh, talk pastrami. But better yet, just, yeah, send us some uh, gift certificates for pastrami at Langer's or Katz's. We had Katz's recently. You actually, we did, you yeah. This is great. This is what I love about you, man. You you are involved in the, just the upper echelon of high-end wine, um, spirits, and you don't take it so seriously that you have to be stuffy or put it on a pedestal because you had um, delicious wines from your family's wine, maybe some 30-year-old silver oak, which we can get into your history with that. Um, paired with some Katz's delicatessen pastrami sandwiches. Absolutely. My beautiful wife, Amy, was sweet enough to uh, have Katz's deli shipped out overnight from uh, New York. For your birthday. And for my birthday. We had a little party over at the house with some great friends and great wine. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, um, you can't, you shouldn't probably eat it every day, but 
gosh, that taste of uh, great uh, pastrami with a little bit of dressing and uh, sauerkraut and everything all grilled up is just absolutely amazing. And those fresh pickles that you don't seem to be able to find anywhere but New York. It's, oh, they're uh, fantastic. And all of that with that, I believe it's 1985 uh, Silver out of a three liter. Yeah, absolutely. That's the way to go, man. You got class. <laughs> All right, let's Large get formats it. Large and uh, deli. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm hanging with you as much as possible. So let's get into it. You've been here all your life here in Napa Valley, and your your father was sort of a legendary, still is a legendary figure in the Napa Valley wine Indeed. industry, Justin Meyer. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how he came to winemaking. He's got an interesting history. Yeah, you know, he stumbled into it accidentally. He grew up in um, Bakersfield, California. His uh, father was a mechanic on the Santa Fe uh, Railroad down in Bakersfield, which was, you know, kind of back in the day, one of the big intersections of the trains coming from the East Coast. And they'd either head north to San Francisco or south to L.A. after they came through the uh, Tehachapi grade there. And, you know, his father's only uh, professional advice to to my dad uh, was don't get into the railroad business. So my father attended a Christian Brothers uh, high school in Bakersfield called uh, Garces and um, really appreciated all the work that the Christian Brothers did uh, as teachers and as coaches. In fact, um, uh, talking with Artie briefly earlier, I had uh, forgotten that he and my dad were, were both basketball coaches for us as kids up in St. Lena when we were going to the uh, parochial school up there. That was something else. You know, Artie Party was here a little earlier here in the studio. You walked in. And he's like, Chad, Chad Meyer, my goodness, I used to be your basketball coach. That was fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, he was he was so passionate about teaching and coaching and, and so joined the, the Christian Brothers Order and uh, and was a Christian brother for 15 years. He um, And, of course, the Christian Brothers had the winery mm-hmm. up here in Napa Valley in order to support their educational mission. And um, he was happily teaching, and one day his uh, superior called him in and said, you know, we'd like to take you over to the winery and we'd like to groom you to become Brother Timothy's successor. And he said no, and next year he oh, said the he same thing. Oh, he didn't go for it. No, he said no again. And, uh, you know, about the third year, his superior calls him in and says, we'd like to send you to the winery because we want you to be Brother Timothy's successor. And um, he said, how many times are you going to ask me? And they said, until you say yes. So Really? <laughs> uh, well, and I wonder what it was that they saw in him. Was he showing some aptitude? Was he wine savvy in some way? You know, that's a good question. I think I think he he was just, you know, kind of a great all-around guy. I mean, he... he was well spoken and and you know dealt well with with groups of people and really you know I think they saw him potentially as a great face for the Christian brothers but also um, just very creative very hands on type of guy so I think they saw in him the the basic skills that that they were looking for to find somebody who of course brother Timothy is is one of the uh, great legends in the wine industry but sure. Um, and a hard act to follow, but he took up the challenge and uh, went to the winery and ultimately to UC Davis for degrees in, in enology and viticulture and, and kind of the rest is history there. Right, so he became winemaker over there, obviously gained a great reputation, famed wines. He then came to found Silver Oak. Yeah, he left the Christian Brothers Order and, uh, you know, the the California wine industry up up until that time, this is in the late 60s, early 70s, was, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, wineries throughout the valley that, you know, were known for making, you know, 10 or 20 or 30 different varietals in-house. And so, mm-hmm, right. you know, jack of all trades, master of none, in order to run a successful winery in the Napa Valley, it was felt that you needed to make, you know, everything from a Riesling to, a, you know, Cab and Hardy Burgundy and Port and all these different, you know, kind of disparate products. And that was what he was doing at Christian Brothers. 
And, you know, marketing those wines to, you know, places like the New York market, they, he was always a little bit baffled by the fact that the French could come over from Bordeaux and Burgundy and show up in the New York market and Chateau Margaux made one wine. That was Chateau Margaux. That's Nobody it. ever said, yeah. you know, where's your Chardonnay and where's your white Zinfandel? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and yet the Napa Valley industry very much felt like they needed to offer this entire menu of products in order to um, attract a broader audience. And so in Silver Oak, he really saw an opportunity to um, whittle that down in a lot of ways, um, uh, you know, mimic the French market. And, and there were a couple other people, you know, by all rights, who were doing similar things at the time. But um, it's a handful of producers from the Napa Valley in the early 70s that, that really led the path for today's, um, you know, cult and major wineries by giving people the, the permission to say, you know, let's not make 20 different things. Let's, let's just focus on one or two things that we really do well and make a, a very high-quality product. And, and that is what, you know, in so many ways the Napa Valley has evolved into sense right and that was his philosophy founding silver oak so yeah. that was in 1972 72 correct? was the first year of silver oak focusing on one varietal cabernet sauvignon uh initially the all the grapes came from what was then called the north coast because alexander valley was not a recognized appellation by uh, the yeah. uh, atf and then in 1975 uh was the first year that they which was the year i was born was the first year that they called it alexander valley and then introduced a uh, Napa Valley variant, and then subsequently uh, Bonnie's Vineyard, which is a small uh, vineyard adjacent to the house that I grew up in that's uh, named after my mother, Bonnie. Um, in uh, 1979, the Napa Valley and Bonnie's both uh, launched simultaneously. So, It's a great history. It's a great history. And now you, um, you have not become a winemaker yourself. Your, your brother has gone on to have a wine, uh, winery up in uh, Mendocino County, Meyer. Indeed. Is Meyer fam- yeah, yeah. What's Meyer the official family name? Sellers. Meyer Family yeah, Cellars. Yeah. Okay, Meyer Family Cellars. Beautiful property up in Boonville, and he's making some great Syrahs and a couple of Oakville Cabernets. So, yeah, yeah. if you haven't tried them yet, absolutely fabulous. Delicious wines. In fact, um, to go back in time, remember your brother was on my father's Little League team. We, we met one of your coaches earlier. Now your brother was um, coached by my father, and I remember your father, Justin Meyer, would show up at the Little League games with Silver Oak in a brown bag and pour it around <laughs> to all the other parents who are who are there. Because in St. Helena, I mean, still, you can you can drink wine in the public parks, which is great. So he, he always brought the party. Indeed. I, yeah. it, I'm sure there's some listeners out there chuckling thinking about that. There's uh... <laughs> Very cool. You know, I'm not sure I appreciated that at the time for what it was, but <laughs> looking back, that's very, very cool. Uh, so you're not actually making wine at the moment, but you are involved in the wine business. And, and it seems like a fascinating business that you have come up with, and I'd, I'd love to hear the story about it. Yeah, it was a circuitous route. You know, it's it it really is a it really is an amazing um, you know bit of luck to have been born and raised in the Napa Valley and in the wine industry. It's it's amazing the the number of people that you meet and the number of interesting experiences that you have. It's it's truly a, a phenomenal industry. I you know watched my father out you know tromping around in the mud and pruning vineyards and driving tractor and you know kind of doing all that stuff that. Um, you know, turns grapes into wine. And, you know, for years, people would ask me when I was going to get in the wine industry. And, and you know, I think there's this romantic notion, um, you know, among the general population that somehow, you know, wine is all late night parties and beautiful dinners and all that kind of stuff, of which, you know, it is a big part. But 
um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it really is farming, and you live and die by the the sun and the rain and the you know the wind and everything else yeah, that sure. comes your way. And so I just you know you have to be so passionate about you know being out there in the vineyards and and really you know bringing in the kind of quality of grapes that you need in order to make great wines and. It's just not something that, that I felt in my blood. My brother, on the other hand, is, is doing a great job of it, and that's precisely what he loves doing is just being out there every day and, and, and you know, maturing these vines. But uh, Yeah, and it shows through in his wine. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So... You know, people kept asking me when I was going to get into the wine industry, and I always used to flippantly say never because I assumed that the only way that you could get into the wine industry was on the production side. And, um, <clears throat> you know, over the years... I've had a lot of great opportunity to um, to get involved with a lot of different industries. My wife Amy and I uh, do a lot of uh, business together. Um, in fact, she's the uh, she's really the one that makes it all happen. Um, I uh, come up with the crazy ideas, and and she makes it all work. And so we um, a great relationship. It is absolutely, and we've had a, a phenomenal opportunity as well to to be invited to do a lot of fun fundraising and and philanthropic stuff. So. We've been on a few boards around the country, and, and we'd have some very high-profile people from the music industry and the movies industry and, and CEOs of major corporations who were constantly asking us, you know, um, what what mailing list should I get on or what should I be drinking or what should I be putting mm. in my cellar or where should I visit in the Napa Valley? And, you know, these were the kind of people who have personal assistants and staffs and house managers and all this kind of stuff. And I, you know, I would always look at Amy and say, why the heck are these guys asking us? You know, they have all these people that could help them arrange all these things. Yeah, but you're from Napa Valley, California. (laughs) You know. No, absolutely. And so, you know, we came to the realization that they were really looking for someone to separate the, you know, the wheat from the chaff. And, and, you know, the other realization that I came to is it really is a unique experience having grown up with wine and food um, to be able to somewhat effortlessly, you know, make great pairings and be able to give yourself the latitude to explore different wines. And and what I realized, uh, you know, over the course of years was a lot of people who are hugely successful that, you know, frankly, have a have a taste for wine and, and have every access in the world and every ability to gain access to those wines. Um they, they, it's everything but that you wanted to know about wine, but were afraid to ask. Mm. I mean, they, they find themselves paralyzed. They'll pick one or two brands that they really enjoy, and those are their go-to labels, and they kind of don't stray from that path. And so um, we realized that, you know, there was something about growing up in the Napa Valley and, and realizing that, you know, wine is just kind of, it's, it's another, you know, it really is food, and it really accompanies food. And and um, and you really need to treat it like another ingredient, and and don't be don't be afraid, don't be bashful about trying new things, and and people wouldn't give themselves that that permission. And so, you know, we sat down one day and said, what if we created a company that really worked with people whose intention was to uh, construct great you know, wine collections, um, to, you know, not be investors per se, but actually, um, use their wine collections to entertain their friends and to enjoy themselves and, and to pair with great food and, um, and really kind of fully immerse themselves in in the world of wine. And what we would do, you know, from the background is really, um, help to build that collection. So they had the perfect wine for every occasion and the perfect wine for every meal, you know, at hand in their cellar ready to go. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, you know, swinging by the grocery store on the way home to grab a a bottle because you like the label, but it was actually wines that that matched their palate. Not everybody, you know, likes every wine either. And so the important um, 
thing is for people really to embrace their own taste and and to have access to wines that they're truly going to enjoy. And then, um, you know, for us to kind of step back and, and become the trusted advisors to these people. And, and we thought, you know, any service that, that we would want to create would, would be the you know, the kind of group of people that our clients would feel like they could call at 10 o'clock at night and say, you know, we're, you know, kicking back with uh, uh, dinner right now and this is what we're serving. What should we grab out of the cellar? Or, you know, tomorrow's my wife's birthday, you know, and this is her favorite dish and what so, should we open and how should we decant it? Well, so are you detail. on call? Folks can call or maybe you or somebody that works for you? Or? We are on call, text, phone, email. Really? Um, and we have a great staff of people, you know, support teams. We have our primary, uh, what we call senior wine advisors that um, really interact directly with the clients and, and are responsible for building the, the lion's share of the collections. But then we have support teams for all of those guys as well in order to be able to provide that kind of round-the-clock service. So when people you know, need a little recommendation. And I mean, even to the degree that if they're going to restaurants, we don't need to sell them every b bottle of wine that they're going to drink. We want to make sure that they have a great wine experience no matter where they go. So, mm -hmm. you know, we, in addition to selling them wines that they stock at their at their own homes and their own cellars, you know, we'll phone ahead to a restaurant that they're going to next week and we'll get the wine list and we'll <laughs> work with the sommelier at the restaurant to select a few bottles off the list. No kidding, and make that's sure great. That decant it wow. properly and... And even let the restaurateurs know what their, you know, food likes and dislikes or any allergies or any of that kind of stuff. Really, you know, we're our whole purpose in life in this company is to remove the, the roadblocks or the impediments to people having a great experience as far as food and wine is concerned. And that, you know, eventually has meandered its way into setting up events around the world, dinners, you know, uh, closing parties. We serve wine in airplanes, on boats, oh. with a goat, <laughs> in a moat. Right. You know, just about with anywhere that somebody... Green eggs and ham. With green eggs and ham, it's you know, really whatever an amazing, oh, It's really Go. an amazing service. Uh, it's called Sutura is the name of your company, and it's it's got an incredible press. I'm a uh, Rob reports ultimate gifts guide. You've you've gotten into that Bloomberg Markets Wealth, uh, Chances Robinson, the wine writer has written you up. Wall Street Journal, uh, Entrepreneur, one of the 100 brilliant companies you were named. Yeah, we were this very... This has got to make you feel great. Absolutely. We were very pleased uh, to be asked by Entrepreneur Magazine to be interviewed. They selected us as the most interesting... Um, food and wine company in America um, at the top of the food and wine category um, for the feature piece. So we were very pleased to be there amongst a lot of other great um, great uh, participants in the top 100 companies, uh, top 100 brilliant companies. So, yeah, no, it's it's been a lot of fun. You know, it's... Um, it's always a process. It's a little bit like making sausage. You kind of keep your head down and, <laughs> and uh, you know, churn away. And success, as much as people, you know, kind of perceive you coming out of nowhere, it, it takes quite a few years to to get credibility and to, you know, get onto your own two feet and, and, uh, and, and be successful. Um, and so, you know, it's always nice when, when we get some great press, people looping back around and taking a look at what we're doing and... Um, what's surprising to us is is offering the kind of services that we do and, and having grown up in this industry is that we really haven't found anybody else in the world that, that does what we do. And um, by the world, I mean that, you know, we really do um, offer services throughout the world. We have a large chunk of clients in Europe, a few clients in Asia, you know, and all over the United States. And... Um, 
you know, it's been it's been fascinating to be out there and providing these services and have the clients really appreciate what we do. And yet, um, we haven't we haven't found anybody else who's replicating directly what we're doing. We fully expect that somebody's going to come along and give us a run for our money. But you know, then it, then it wouldn't be uh, too much fun if you're always. Uh, out. Just make you work harder. But exactly. It sounds like you, you've laid a great groundwork and you have a, a good client base. So you said around the world. Has this taken you around the world? Do you have any good stories to share? Has this led to some adventures for you? It has. You know, we've everything from, you know, clients, you know, boats docking in the Bahamas with a three-hour window to deliver, you know, cases of wine so they can, you know, launch back out to sea to, <laughs> um, you know, last-minute requests for specific bottles of wine that are only available in far-flung corners of the world. And we've actually had to put our staff on airplanes to go hand-pick up those bottles to make them back right? in time for a particular party. Um, Do folks request wines uh, that just you think are impossible to get and then you have to go on this worldwide hunt? Absolutely. I mean, thank God for the Internet. Um, uh, <laughs> or thank Al Gore, I guess. Right. right. Uh, but uh, no, I, um, you know, the the world of wine has become smaller and smaller with the with the aid of the internet. You know, there's a lot of great tools out there to try to track some of these more obscure bottles down. But um, it, you know, I I always joke with our staff and and with our clients for that matter too that you know the impossible takes at least 24 hours. But you know, it's our goal to. Um, it's our goal to really deliver, you know, at every level. And we do get some pretty obscure requests. Um, Can you give me some example about something you were able to track down? You thought, there's no way, and you were able to Indiana Jones it and <laughs> find it, you know, get it where to, it needed to go. I'll have to think of a, a good story here in a minute to tell you along those lines. I should have uh, thought of that before. Well, tell you what, for folks listening, tune into the the podcast version of this. When this is over, in a, in a few minutes, we're going to go back. We're going to continue this chat in the recording studio next door and uh, add a little bit more. We'll find out about your donut picks. We're going to find out about, uh, we're going to do Mad Libs, but that'll all be on the podcast version. So folks, go to iTunes store, look up Judd's Napa Valley show. There's going to be some extra content in the podcast version of this interview. But let's talk about, so who are these clients of yours? You don't have to name names. I'm sure there's you know, some confidentiality, but what type of folks are these? Yeah, you know, one of the things that we that we adhere to in the company is the confidentiality of our clients because they tend to be, you know, very successful people that don't necessarily want, you know, the rest of the world knowing what they're eating and drinking, but it has been our great pleasure. I mean, you can, there's a few of them who have, uh, you know, put themselves out in the world. So if you Google Suteraj, which is, you know, S-O-U-T-I-R-A-G-E, um, or go to suitorage.com, um, you know, you can, you can kind of find your way to some clients who've put themselves out there, but, um, you know, it's, it's kind of the people who you would think, you know, it's the, it's the, you know, serial tech entrepreneur, billionaire types that sell their company to Google and, and, you know, have experienced a little bit of, of the fun of food and wine as they've traveled mm -hmm. around in their business development. And then, you know, come to us and say, you know, I want a great seller and I want, you know, or, you know, for that matter, we've moved a lot into, into liquor as well. I know that's another passion of yours. And yeah, yeah, we have, I do like the cocktail and some, you know, rare spirits, always fun. Absolutely. And so those are the fun things. I mean, we, 
We own one of the preeminent collections of pre-prohibition booze in, in the United States, so great Ooh. old um, rise and bourbons and whiskeys and things that well, well, haven't well. been seen in years. In fact, we've had some of the distilleries come back to us and ask if they could buy some of the bottles because even they don't have them on hand. No kidding. Wow. Um, and it's a great collection that was um, protected under diplomatic immunity um, during the prohibition um, because it was owned by a, uh, a foreign diplomat and ambassador from the United <laughs> States. So. so that's how that works. That's yeah, great. Exactly. So. You know, it's it's um, you know we've we've gotten a lot of of great traction in in just fun areas. You know, the movie industry and a lot of A list uh, people, the music industry, and and so it's just fun adventure. And we've also had the opportunity to uh, go to cool places like uh, you know at, at the. Re- quest of friends of ours like Davos, Switzerland, and um, do the World Economic Forum out there, and and same thing. We did the G8 Summit a couple years ago in Paris and, and brought a bunch of California wines to the Louvre for an official state event, so a lot of cool stuff. It sounds like a great life, man. You've set yourself up well, and besides traveling the world and getting fine and rare wines to folks, you're very community-minded. You mentioned a little bit about boards you serve on, but I just want to say, since we're about out of time here, that I hardly go to any charitable fundraiser here in Napa Valley without seeing you and your wife, um, either as participants, as hosts on the board, as auctioneer. Um, so on behalf of the community, thank you for keeping things going as well. Absolutely. Thank uh, you. Very supportive of the community. ChadMeyerSuteraj.com. You can see more. We're going to go and record a little bit more because I want to talk to you some more. That will be on the podcast version of the show, which you can get in iTunes. Lauren Mole, thank you very much for coming, and uh, we will see you next week. I guess we're trusting we're not on the air. So, Chad. (laughs) What are we going to do now, Judd? So we were speaking earlier during the show. And by the way, thank you for subscribing to the Judd's Napa Valley Show podcast. I'm glad you found us. Here's a little extra content just for you, our podcast listeners. I've got Chad Meyer with me here in the studio. We're continuing our conversation that we had live on the air. And uh, we were talking about your company, Suturaj, and all of the, um, well, it's just all the amazing services that you provide your clients. And I wanted to find out maybe about a little adventure or some great story that it has brought to you personally. Yeah, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun to be able to travel around the world and, you know, eat at some of the best restaurants and, and drink some of the greatest wines. Um, yeah, that does sound pretty good. Oftentimes in, um, you know, in the chateaus, we, my wife and I were just over in uh, Champagne and had an opportunity to sit down for lunch with Maggie, the CEO of Krug uh, Champagne, and go through the entire cellars there and watch how they, um, you know, take, you know, something on the order of 20,000 different components to um, blend their um, their main cuvee. Um, 20,000? Indeed. It's it's what, really an amazing process. What are, the, what, are these, what are these components? Well, they, you know, they vinify individual vineyards every single year, and then they um, keep back um, so many wines that they've made over the course of, you know, oftentimes they're blending in components that are 15 and 20 years mm, old mm, okay. in order to make their final blend. And so they have this amazing array of small tanks and and carboys and different you know containers that they um keep some of these wines some in very small amounts and they'll use that to kind of blend a particular flavor component oh, that they're looking right. for in the final in the final blend it's really quite that's amazing. mind-blowing Twenty thousand components it's all right so you're there you're in champagne you're having lunch at the chateau indeed well at a restaurant down the street oh, okay. and enjoying the beautiful near uh, the chateau near the chateau 
Um, but you know, it's just, it's one of those things. And, and, um, you know, you, that's when you realize what a, what an amazing business it is being able to walk through the caves at, at Krug and then go to lunch uh, with Maggie. And then on the way back to the train station, walk through the absolutely beautiful cathedral at Reims that um, has uh, had crowned every king of France since, um, all right, here's your his- obscure history lesson Go for here, it. Uh, since Clovis the first of France. Um, and uh, and then catch the TGV back to, to Paris where our kids were uh, hanging out and waiting for us to go on to another beautiful dinner in the City of Lights. So, I mean, how can you... that? It's not bad for a day job. It's not bad. You know, you do that, you get to travel and do that, but you get to come home to the beautiful Napa Valley. You get to come home to the beautiful Napa Valley. It, you know, when we started this business, we found a business partner who at the time was was based in New York, and we convinced uh, he and his wife to move out here to the Napa Valley, not least of which because, you know, one of the things that's given us great access to great wines has been the fact that we're co-located with some of the greatest wineries in the world. Sure. And um, we're looking to similarly um, get somebody in Europe that can be, you know, close to the production um, over there as well. Where should folks send their resume? <laughs> Send it to me, Chad, C-H-A-D at Sudaraj.com. Okay, there you go. Um, but it it really, you know, it's been it's been an interesting experience to really have your finger on the pulse. And, and there's so many great venerable retailers that are located all across the country um, that sell the world's greatest wines. But there's something special about being a retailer in California because it gives us an opportunity, and specifically in the Napa Valley, it gives us an opportunity to welcome our clients when they come visit us in the Napa Valley. It gives us an opportunity to be close to the great wineries and the great products so that when we do have people coming, we can... We know what kind of great VIP experiences are available. We know what the great new restaurants are, and we can really open doors that other retailers who aren't located here uh, can't. And then ultimately, you know, I've I've lived around the world. I went to school in Boston. I, I lived in France and in the south of France. And for me, you know, there's no more beautiful place in the world to live than the Napa Valley. The weather is great all year round. We have the proximity to, you know, the great food scene and culture in San Francisco. We're close to the mountains and skiing in Sierra Nevadas. We're close to the ocean. I mean, it really, you can't ask for more than that. Yeah, you really can. It's, it's a wonderful place to be. And what do you do when you just want to have some fun around the valley? You go out, <laughs> you know, or yeah. what if you have some, um, not necessarily your VIP clients, but some IPs, just some important people that come to visit you. Where do you, where do you take them? What's, what's a good night or day out for you here in Napa Valley? You know, um, that's a good question. I don't know at the risk of, uh, picking favorites. I, there's so many great places in the Napa Valley. You know, we have two young kids, and so oftentimes if we have friends coming in from out of town, you know, it, it tends to be people that, that also have families with kids. Um, okay, so that's a good question. Folks ask me all the time, what do I do with kids in Napa Valley? Well, that that is a good question. I, you know, certainly going wine tasting is not, is not top of the list, but Napa Valley does have amazing things to do with kids. You know, we have great family-oriented restaurants like Gott's uh, in the Oxbow. The Oxbow Market itself across right. the board. The Kitchen Door is a great family restaurant. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's also great hikes. Skyline Park, um, you know, Mount St. Helena is a beautiful hike. If you mm-hmm. uh, um, make it up to the top there and get those beautiful views, you know, all around the entire valley. Um, Judd's Hill, we have a chicken. 
There you go. Jad's Hill is a great place to go. We're always visit, a great party there. Visit the chicken. <laughs> is it just one chicken now? We're down to one. Down to one coop. chicken. Uh -oh. no, no. Now bit, I know we'll what get to get you more. for uh, <laughs> for the holidays. <laughs> um, so, you know, there there are so many great activities for families. And, and again, the proximity to San Francisco, um, you know, great little museums and, and things to do all over. And then... Uh, yeah, you know, for hobbies, I, I have been an aviator for a long time, started flying when I was a young kid, yeah. so that's another great way to experience the Napa Valley, whether you're in a hot air balloon kind of floating over the top or, or um, you know, I just love jumping in my airplane at the Napa airport and, you know, taking friends up and, and doing a quick tour over the valley to see the mountains and the vineyards and, and frankly, get up, you know, to a couple thousand feet. And um, all of a sudden, you can see over the top of the Mayakamas range and, and see all the way to the coast and really get a better sense of what makes Napa Valley, in a lot of ways, the great wine-growing region that it is. Because I would imagine that puts it all in context. Exactly. If you didn't have the, the proximity of the ocean and, and to be able to see San Pablo Bay, which feeds a lot of the fog up into the Napa Valley, right. and to see how, how close we are to the coast and kind of understand how those you know that ocean effect kind of ripples over the top and... You know, and it and it is such a thin margin. I, you know, the Napa Valley grows some of the world's greatest Cabernets and and Merlots and you know, kind of heavy reds. If we were one valley further to the east, we'd be in the Central Valley, which of course is great for Zinfandels and and you know things that need you know a lot of big sugar development because it's so hot over there and the right. fog just doesn't make it over hot the hill. And, dry. and then you know, same thing with Sonoma. Sonoma obviously is making some of the most beautiful wines in the world as well, but. You know, they're skewing more in the direction of, of Chardonnays and Pinot Noirs. And, and when you're up there at 2,000 feet and you're looking at the actual geography, it, it all comes into perfect clarity. You know, why uh, Carneros is so great at Chardonnay because you have that fog bank that just kind of lips up around the, the you know, base of the Mayakamas Mountains. Mm. And, and, and then the rest of the valley is kind of a funnel between the Vaca and the Mayakamas Range. And, and you can see up in Calistoga, you know, where it's significantly warmer than, than the base end of the valley uh, or the south end of the valley. And you can literally see the geology, too. It's really amazing. You can see serpentine soils and you can see differences oh, wow. in soil types from the air that, that gives you a better sense of why one vineyard is, is uh, different than another. Um, a lot of people ask somewhat incredulously, you know, how is it possible that one vineyard that's, you know, directly adjacent to another vineyard makes wines that are so significantly different and again being up in the air and actually being able to look down and i would imagine with google earth and those kind of things these days you could probably see a lot of the same things without having to get in an airplane but there's you, a great place you can see it on the ground too is up at diamond creek oh yeah yeah in absolutely. and that's they they boast that red know, rock you terrace take, and if you take the walking tour gravelly meadow and it's absolutely. gorgeous if you get the opportunity but you can see where these different soil types i mean you can see it it's so obvious you're right the gravelly meadow the red rock terrace the red dirt meets the gravel yeah, and, dirt, and, volcanic and they're right hill. next to each other. Absolutely. And and there's a delineating line. I mean, it's it's mm -hmm. uh you know, it's like a what are those uh, mandala paintings, you know, where they oh, pour yes. the sand and mm -hmm. and and so, you know, it's as if geologically someone was pouring, you know, sand throughout the valley and and or pouring geology throughout the valley and <laughs> you know, they pour it up to a certain point at which it met another point and you know, I don't know enough about where these things come from to know, you know, how it evolves out of the ground or, you know, what happened with Mount St. Helena back in the day. But 
it really is amazing how much you can you can see um, in terms of difference in soil types and 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 you can also see from the den- density of the canopy too uh, in certain vineyards where you have serpentine soils or areas that that don't uh, develop as well it's amazing back in the days of the phylloxera too it was it was amazing you could literally watch the progression of phylloxera kind of like uh, almost like a the disease yeah, affecting the a vines, very physical so you know, manifestation, you could see um, kind of the delineating line where the phylloxera had, had made it to um, back in the dark days of the <laughs> late 80s, mid 80s, but um, when so much of the valley had to be replanted. But um, it was it was quite astonishing. It was amazing. And, and it allowed, we did a lot of aerial photography on behalf of a lot of my dad's friends as well. Um, and it allowed them to be able to kind of scope out where they were going to be replanting for the, the year. Because one of the difficulties with phylloxera is you, you can't, as a, as a, I mean, imagine being in any business where you're required to rip out your entire production facility. I mean, it'd be like, uh, you know, having to tear down your own factories and start over from the beginning. And so yeah. the key is, you know, how much do you tear out and, and retain as much production as you can while replanting, you know, in the best possible spot in order to get, you know, growth back of those vineyards while not while not cutting into your production too much. So it's uh it's quite amazing. And again, you know, it's just it's farming at the end of the day. It is farming. <laughs> no different than corn and oats and cattle and whatever else. Chad? Yes. Do you go nuts for donuts? I do go nuts for donuts. Is this is this a litmus test? Today's your lucky know. day, sir, Excellent. because right here, as you can see, I have this beautiful box and I'm, it, I, I'm assuming this is some sort of personality test. I, That's exactly right. Will you so. reveal the list of who picked the donut that you, I chose? Well, I'm oh going to look at that. Right You've now. Got, so uh, there's a nice variety. Yeah, yeah. You that can is quite choose a variety. one. You can choose them all. Holy smokes. No, I, what are you going for? You know, I think I would go with the, uh, the maple old-fashioned. Is that, that what that is? I think that... Am I in good company? Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and tally that up. Only that, geniuses pick the maple old-fashioned, Then right? we've had a lot of genius. That thing has been <laughs> on a run. Folks love that maple old-fashioned. It's a personal Although favorite I, I, of mine Although I have to well. say, you, obviously listeners can't see this. You should have a webcam in association <laughs> yeah. with this. But you do have the uh, Homer Simpson pink, the pink donut sprinkle. that is very, you very tempting in you there. You didn't pick that. You didn't go for the crumb. I you didn't, didn't go for the coconut uh, chocolate cake. At the risk the of, of, of offending coconut farmers, yeah, I've never been one for coconut on donuts. Yeah, for all your um, love of Hawaii, you don't That's do the true. coconut. That's true. I though. do enjoy a good halpia, but <laughs> yeah, there you but go. Uh, coconut on donuts, I don't know. And well, which one do you choose? Well, you know, oh, I've never been offered one. Thank you very much. Let's see if what's left here. We've got like the uh, buttermilk nub, whatever that is. Uh, I'm going for the crumb. I kind of like the crumb. Uh, care to have a bite? Sure, absolutely. All right, absolutely. Well, Buttercream Bakery, one of the great. Uh, Great institutions of the Napa Valley. If you're in Napa, I gotta have a, uh, I gotta have someone from there on the show. Absolutely. All right, you're nibbling on that old-fashioned maple. It's a beautiful day here in Napa Valley. Your mind goes to wine, of course, because mm-hmm. where else would it go? What are you drinking with that? Hmm. This is also called the silly or stupid questions segment yeah, of absolutely. Judd's Napa Valley absolutely. Show. And then we're going to have to address the issue of, of what you serve with a great uh, um, griddled Reuben sandwich as well. <laughs> That's right. Well, I think we found out it's a 1985 Silver Oak. It is 1985. Although I have to say that I think a uh, Judd's Hill um, Petite Syrah would be a perfect accompaniment ah, to well, a, thank a you very much. sandwich as well. So. I, I think so. The pepperiness of the wine exactly. and the meat would, would be a nice be counterpoint delicious. to the pastrami. Absolutely. But I would, I would have to say we're back a, to the donut. Um, boy, 
That's hard. There's so many great wines. You know, you could skew in the direction of a great uh, truck and barrel now, Slaza. Okay, nice well, look, old sugar I am a billionaire. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I have retained your services. I have just called you. It's three in the morning. Yeah. I've texted you because you're on call, and oh, I can smokes. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say, Chad, my favorite bakery just churned out a maple old-fashioned donut. I'm taking it home right now. It's warm. What wine that you provided me am I pulling out to enjoy this with with my guests that will be here at uh, 4 a.m.? Boy, I'd have to say a... Um that's that's a, that's a hard question. I don't know. Well, it depends. You know, at 4 a.m., maybe you'd skew in the direction of a nice uh, champagne. Of course, you could go with a... Um, a little pick-me-up with the bubbles. A little pick-me-up with the bubbles. You could get something in a... Uh, um, a nice champagne with a little bit of residual sugar, or yeah. uh, truck and barrel now slays is great. Okay, you okay. know, a nice uh, still going down that road. Okay, that's fine. I think I or, or Muscat. You know, Muscat would be a great accompaniment. The sweet, sweet Muscat. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay, or uh, a Rousin. Ah, oh. yeah, you know, we're Perhaps. making a late harvest. We call it Tardy Harvest Roussanne. It's coming out this month, actually. I, I think I could pair this with the Tardy Harvest Roussanne. Well, there you go, Absolutely. folks. You heard it here. Absolutely. All right, check out judshill.com. Get it while it lasts. Absolutely. To find your Tardy Harvest Roussanne. And now it's time to play everybody's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Mad Libs. All right, Chad, you know how this works. We're gonna play I, I a little, suspect. We're going to play a little Mad Libs, so I'm going to ask you to fill in the blanks. Are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. All right. The first thing I need is a verb, past tense. A verb, past tense. Let's go with uh, sloshed. Sloshed. Okay. Keeping in the wine theme, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sloshing around. Drink responsibly. Just finished. You know, so we have, we have recently sloshed. Uh, plural noun. Uh, let's go with uh, jalopies. Jalopies. I hope I'm not going to embarrass myself here. You may. We never know till we read it. Uh, a year. Any year. A year. Let's let's uh, let's go way back to the dawn of time. We'll go with 5,000 BC. <laughs> to the dawn of time, 5,000 BC. That's going back. A geographic location, anywhere, anywhere at all, uh... anywhere you can imagine. Let's let's try one of the great cities of America, Schenectady, New York. Schenectady. If I could spell that, I'd write it down. <laughs> okay, Schenectady. I I'm think I got it. I'm having trouble pronouncing it too. <laughs> um, a verb. Uh, in the in the spirit of the donuts, let's go with to bake. To bake. Okay. Mm. Very good. And finally, a plural noun. Hmm. Got to pick something unlikely. Uh, how about horny toads? <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, I see. Right. I see disaster looming I, on the I horizon. We'll find out. All right, right now. So, Chad, uh, from www.suteraj.com, I found your bio. Excellent, excellent. You have just rewritten. <laughs> Your bio oh, no. via Mad Libs. Can, can, we, can we do this over again before we start? <laughs> no, we cannot. Right. You get one chance. Sorry, right. those are the rules. Right. Here we go. I'm your willing victim. Thank you, sir. Chad Meyer. It just says Chad, but I figure I'll give you the, All right. the, the Excellent. formal Excellent. introduction. Chad Meyer, co-founder and CEO of Suteraj, grew up fully immersed in the dynamic culture of the Napa region. From an early age, he sloshed vines... <laughs> <laughs> washed jalopies and drove trackers for pocket change. I washed plenty of jalopies. You did probably. You're kind of a car guy too. <laughs> All right. 
Chad's father, Justin Meyer, founded Silver Oak Cellars in Oakville, California in 5000 B.C. He's got to jump on the industry for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A pioneer winery in the burgeoning Schenectady region. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, not too bad. You know, the Finger Lakes region up there, they are making wine. Yeah. Uh, with Suderaj, Chad strives to bake upon his family legacy of excellence, <laughs> combining his entrepreneurial vision with his lifelong passion for horny, horny toads. toads. Yeah. You got I it. Saw it coming. That's right. Thank you very much, Chad Mark. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for hanging As on always. for this extra podcast content. My pleasure. And we'll catch you real soon. Sounds good. All right. Take so it long. Easy. All right. Bye. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of finkel fun.